my heart is to open, to, to let the Lord use me to open your understanding. Because understanding, according to Proverbs, is the wellspring of life. It's interesting that I noticed it because it was on my heart that the word light was used about 14 times this morning, including my sister's uh, reading of John chapter 1. Christ is the light of the world. And uh, it kind of rearranged my introduction, my way of starting, which is always a little bit frightening, (laughs) because, you know, when you plan to speak something and the Lord rearranges that, uh, you don't don't exactly know how it's going to come out. (laughs) But... uh, John, John is, uh, and Kathy are some of the finest people I know. And they're, John's not perfect. I think Kathy might be. <laughs> but uh, I hope you appreciate them. And uh, just in case there's anybody here that might question... John, at times, I want you to know that you're not perfect either. <laughs> and I know I'm not. Um, my, my desire this morning was to, to dive into Hebrews 11, which is mainly, in most people's eyes, about faith. It's the heroes of the faith, the many call that chapter. And... Uh, it starts out, uh, you all know this by heart probably, but it starts out that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And, you know, I've never heard, maybe you have, but I've never heard a sermon on hope. I mean, hope is kind of assumed or taken for granted People talk about faith a whole lot, and we kind of pass over hope. You know, there's a progression in First Corinthians 13, uh, or 12, I'm sorry, 13, rather. Uh, Therefore ex- exists faith, hope, and love. There's a progression there. There are many progressions in the Bible. Uh, for instance, uh, wisdom. Understanding and knowledge is always in that order. Mercy and truth are always in a certain order, except in one place in the Bible, mercy always precedes truth. And and that progression is interesting because faith is followed by hope as you get nearer to love. God is love, but faith operates through hope. And Hebrews chapter 1 explains that. Quite clearly, if you think about it, it says, 
faith is a substance. It, it's a faith is a reality, a substance, but it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. We have two uh, two ways to look at things. With our, we we can look with our natural eyes, and that's the flesh. In the flesh, I can see you clearly. In the spirit, I need special eyesight to see you in the spirit. Uh, in the spirit, you're all beautiful. All of you are beautiful, and those of you who are born again are perfect in your spirit. Your flesh remains to be converted into the image of Christ. But Christ is in you the hope of glory. Your spirit is made perfect. In fact, Second um, Corinthians 5.23 says, You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're as righteous as you'll ever be in your spirit. You're a brand new creature in Christ in your spirit. Your soul is still being worked on to bring it closer to being like Christ. But let's face it, every one of us is deficient in our souls, and our bodies are not worth anything. Our bodies are just a... A bunch of chemicals, dirts, bones that carry our souls around so we can minister to somebody uh, in the Lord. A body is going to die and mold in the grave or be cremated or whatever you've chosen. And it carries your soul around. Uh, this dear, sweet, beautiful thing back here, this lady or girl in the wheelchair... Ah, she's smiling. I love that. Okay. She's limited in how she can carry her soul around. Her soul is limited to that wheelchair, unfortunately. I pray, I pray for her because she's, she's beautiful inside. But I can walk around. I, I can walk around. I can come over and lay hands on you and pray for you because my body's still able to carry my soul around. I used to go to... Uh, Places where people uh, were kept who had their legs cut off and diabetes and wheelchairs and people that were in bed and couldn't get up and go pray for them. Some of those souls were so sweet I was always encouraged when I came out of there more than when I went in because some of those people were beautiful and, and they just couldn't go anywhere. But it... It's, it's so important, what I'm getting at, is that we can see with spiritual eyes. And Paul prayed for the Ephesians in chapter 2 that, that God would open their eyes to see. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 119, verse 18. It says, Open my eyes, Lord, to see wondrous things in your word. And so when we read the Bible, we need, to, we need to ask the Holy Spirit 
Because this, this is a spiritual book written by spiritual hands, the Lord's hands. It, it, through, through the prophets, through the people that wrote the Word, but it's spiritual. And you can read it intellectually. You can get things. You can get some things out of it, but oh my God, how wonderful it is to see things in the Spirit in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And so, to get back to Hebrews, hope has got to be a key thing because if you stop and think about it, if faith is the substance of things hoped for, then it's impossible to have faith without hope. Right? So what does that mean? Well, Hope is a special thing, and where do we get hope? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I, I'm telling you, people in the, in the church takes hope for granted. It's just kind of a word, and we all believe in it, but we haven't thought about it a whole lot. What, where do we get hope, and what is hope? Do you have hope this morning? I mean, you're, you're going to, how many here believe that when you die, you're going to go be with Jesus? You have faith for that? Yes. Well, that faith is based on what? I mean, all you have, what, what do you, you have, all you have is a promise. How do you know that that promise, I mean, is right, is true? It, it's a hope is is comes hope is always comes out of a promise of God, right? There's a there's a word that if you raise up a child right when he's young, he will not depart from it when he's old. It's in Proverbs. Uh, I had. A cup. I had four boys, and they're all grown now and married, and all kinds of grandchildren. And, uh, but when they were young, two of them gave me a, a, a heart attack almost growing up. They, in their teen years, I thought, "Oh my goodness, are, are they going to make it in life?" Now they've turned around, but I always hung in. I always saw them through my spiritual eyes as coming out of it because I had hope and I had faith that that scripture was true because I could I could see it with my spiritual eyes on see God God means what he says doesn't he if you will turn over with me to uh, Hebrews 6 again let's go to verse 17 and look at that I hope you have, some of you might have your uh, Bibles. Hebrews 6, not 11. Hebrews 6. Um, let's start with verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, 
and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. In other words, God said it, and that's the end of it, right? There's no more dispute about that. Uh, Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the inability, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope which is before us. And so the promises of God are the origin of true hope in our heart as we look at it. If we if we see we see see Abraham had the promise and it says in another place in the Bible he saw a city. If you look through the Old Testament you'll see prophets saw the word of God. See there was you remember the story uh where uh, the prophet Elijah was telling the Israeli king all the plans of the enemy. And uh, the king finally, the, uh, the enemy king finally says, you know what, somebody's a spy in my camp because they're, te- they're telling the Israeli king everything that I'm about to do. And one of the men said, no, there's a prophet. And he sees, and he te- he sees every word you speak, and he tells the king, because every time the war started or a raid started against the Israelis, uh, the, the 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 Israeli king, the Israel king, countered it or ambushed it. So they sent a big bunch of armies up around Elijah, and he one day he saw them all camped around him. And Gehazi looked and he said, good Lord, they've come. Look at out there. He could, he could only see with his natural eyes. And Elijah says, well, there's more with them, more with us than there's with them. And he said, open, your, open his eyes, Lord. And he opened Gehazi's eyes and he could see chariots of angels all camped around the mountains. See, that that's spiritual eyes. And we need that. We need that light, that light of the Word. The Word is a lamp unto my feet, Psalm 119. Light, thy Word is a light unto my feet. And so we need to, we need to start thinking that way. Well, let's go on here with Hebrews 6. I'm a fortunately... I had my cataracts removed, and now, now I have 20-20 vision, but I can't read up close anymore. <clears throat> for we, uh, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Amen? Impossible for God to lie. The promises of God are yea and amen. There's no doubt. If you have doubt in the promises of God, you can't have hope 
not supernatural hope. Impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Amen. That's so important. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. See, hope is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Amen. So, I hope you can see where I'm, I'm, what I'm saying here. Hope, if I believe in the promises of God, there's something supernatural happens in me. It turns on a light. And that I can see with spiritual eyes into, through the promise of God, into the heavens. And that gives me a chance to grab onto that hope by faith. And that's what Hebrews 1 is saying. Faith is the substance of something hopeful. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, I can see every one of you with my eyes, but I'm talking, it's evidence of something I can't see with my natural eyes, but with my spiritual eyes, I can see. Does that make sense? Now, it's interesting to think about light, and I, I told John as I was sitting there during the worship, and, and when my sister read John chapter 1, that confirms something to me because the Word is a light, right? As many scriptures say that, the Word is a light. There's so many things in the, in the New Testament. Uh, it says, the people who sit in the shadow of death have seen a great light. Speaking a prophetic word about Christ coming. John chapter 1 says Christ is the light of the world. Amen? It's interesting that if you go back to creation in chapter 1 of Genesis, some of you have probably noticed it, maybe some of you haven't, but in the first thing God created after creating the world, He said, let there be light. Amen. And there was light. But it's later on that he puts the sun in the sky for the light for the day. There was a supernatural light created that still exists, and that light was Christ. See, uh, Psalm 139 says to, about God, he says, light is darkness becomes light to you. There is no darkness. In God, it's all light. And that light is lights up the inside of you as you begin to believe the promises of God. It's an interesting thing that in Revelation, and I, I told you God rearranged my thinking here, so I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching from notes. But in the book of Revelation, at the end it says, There'll be no more sun or moon, but the, the light of the city of God is the Lord Himself. There's an eternal light. And that light is seen by those who are born again. It's the light the people saw. Amen. We can see that. Uh, 
I had a lot of uh, see John chapter. Uh, yeah, I've already said that one. Psalm one thirty nine. I scratched these down this morning. It's Psalm one thirty nine. The the darkness and the light are alike to him. He sees right through the darkness. And and I'm trying to get this for you to see that what hope is, and I'm going to take a little different tact here, but I hope you'll see this as I go along. I'm praying that you will. Um, There's a thing in the Bible called imaginations. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 10, you know, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And it talks about vain imaginations in the King James. Uh, in the New King James and others, it talks about purposes, bad purposes. But there's such a thing as vain imaginations. You know, we all have an imagination. Um, the word by itself means we can see an image. It's some, in, in our imagination, we can see things with our soul. Um, I'm going to give you a, a crude example of a bad imagination. Do you know that uh, there are men who commit adultery? And they... That doesn't happen. I mean, you don't just happen to commit adultery. You see something and your imagination begins to see it. Now, King David sat up one night on a roof and when he should have been out to war and taken his place in the army. And he took a little time off and, and he sat up there and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba. First thing that happened was he saw her. She was a very enticing, good-looking, but married woman. And, and he started thinking about that. And so in his imagination, and in his imagination, he began to think in terms of having her illicitly. Then he began to take measures to bring it to pass. See, you, you always start with a, a thought in your mind and develop it and follow it. Where, whatever you think in your mind as an imagination, if you follow it enough, you can do it. That's what Genesis said about the Tower of Babel. When they were building that ziggurat, the Lord came down and he said, in effect, he says, whatever they're doing, their imaginations, they will accomplish So he split them up. Now, imaginations are always considered evil in most people's minds, but there are good imaginations. And that's, and, and that's, that's where the Lord tells you whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, think on these things. See, I can, I can direct my thoughts and my imagination towards good things. Amen? You agree with that? Well, the imagination is a very important thing in our lives. Uh, Isaiah 26.3 is a good scripture. Uh, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed 
upon you because he trusts in you. Now, in, that's in the Old Testament, and, and, and I think you put that up. Uh, is that in the King James Version? Okay. That word mind in the Old Testament is a Hebrew word, yetzer. It's pronounced yetzer. I don't know how it's spelled in the Hebrew. But yetzer has, the main, has really the, the meaning of it, and you can look it up. In your concordance, it means imagination. And it comes from an older word in the Hebrew, which means a womb, of, of, or it has the idea of conception. So in our imagination is where we conceive things, pictures in our mind. And if I, if I am have an evil imagination, I can look at another man's wife and begin to think about that. And without stopping myself, I will carry that out. No man ever committed adultery just like that. It always started with an imagination or a conception. In James, it says that uh, when you embrace your own lust, sin happens, Right? And when sin has its way, it brings forth death. There's a progression there. But if my mind begins to grasp, instead of my lust, begins to grasp the promises of God, then I begin to have an imagination that brings forth light into my soul. I'm trying to explain what I see as being hope. You see, the promises of God. There's several other places where this is used. Uh, let's see. Daggone it. <laughs> I'm going to get like Jeff Oaks. He's got this, uh, these glasses hanging around his neck, and he pulls them up, and it's like magic. <laughs> uh, Genesis 6-5, I already mentioned that. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continuously. See, that was that was that time at the at the uh, I think the flood, yeah. And and uh, Psalm one hundred four. I'll give you one more. Psalm one hundred four, verse two. Preserve me from evil men who can, who plant evil things in their hearts. Uh, and so evil things there is that's that word yetzer again. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that we can conceive things in our imagination. And I submit to you that hope is the use of our imaginations in a good way. In other words, we, if we look at the promises of God, it begins to form a good imagination inside of us, and we can see spiritually what God has promised, and it starts to, we start to follow that, and faith, is, that faith grabs hold of that. How many of you read uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Several of you have. Well, some of you haven't, but there's a, there's a chapter in there where Pilgrim uh, gets into what's called the Slough of Despond. It's a, it's a swamp. 
It's a place where he gets stuck and he gets real discouraged. And the way out of that, he finds some steps that get out. He can't get out until he sees these steps. The steps are the promises of God. And so, if we, if we, how can you have hope without knowing the promises of God? I mean, I'm talking now about supernatural hope and imagination. So, how many people in churches don't really read their Bibles? There are 8,000, maybe nine, somebody counted them, and I don't know that they counted them accurately, promises in the Word of God. Amen? Let's look back at Hebrews 11 quickly, and then I'll close. Um, I shared this many times in the past uh, years and years ago. I shared this and and uh, from a different aspect, but I didn't see what I see now. But let's take a look at Hebrews 11. Uh, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For it by the elders, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Uh, what I desire more than anything at this stage of my life is to finish well. Uh, I want to leave a good testimony. By faith, I'm trying to do that. This tells me that by faith, I can have a good testimony. If the elders could do that, I can do it. I put myself into Hebrews chapter 11. Um, I want to see things in the Spirit. I want to not stray off the path. I want to, I have already done all I can do, and I try every day to cast down vain imaginations, high things that come against the Word of God. And I, try, I want to keep my mind on the promises of God. By the way, that's all we have is promises, Right? Promises, promises, promises. That's all we have. I ask you, how do you know you're going to heaven? Has anybody ever come back and told you they got there? It's a hope. It's, it's something that is, if you're born again, you have that hope. And faith has grabbed hold of that and you believe you're going to heaven, but you're not there yet. All you have is hope and the promise of Christ. Um, he promised to never leave you. Do you really believe that? When you get down, when you feel like, man, nobody loves me, uh, your imagination can run away with you in the natural if you're not careful. And people go down into a spiral. But the promise of God is He loves you. I mean, if nobody else loves me, by the way, Christ loves me, and I, I, I'm happy with that. Fortunately, I got some friends, <laughs> and I know my wife loves me, and uh, and I and I know Christ loves me. 
and it makes me happy. And I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't go into the, the, the swamp, into the slough of despond anymore. I used to. I used to be an alcoholic. I sat down one night before I got saved, and I wrote a suicide note. Man, I thought my life was hopeless. And Christ pulled me out of that, and, and I won't go into that. That was a miracle in my life. But ever since then, I've, I, I've been, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I'm built, but I don't get, I don't get depressed. I can't say I don't go through moments. I'm in the flesh, too, just like you. I, I get offended. I have a day or two here and there where I say, oh, my God, where, where am I? What's going on? And then, then I, I grab hold of the Word and I find those steps and I walk right out of the slough of despondent because I believe in the promises of God. Well, that's hope. That's all it is. Uh, by faith, verse 3, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Boy, if you can get that across to your young kids before they go to college, they'll never be swept aside by all of this junk about, uh, you know, that the world's just been here for 10, 15 trillion years. And I mean, Genesis is either true or it's not true. I believe it's true. I don't believe in global warming by by man. I believe that global warming is a natural phenomenon. But Christ is in control, not not my brother Gore, who drives a, a big plane around and has a, a more carbon imprint than anybody I know. You know that God's in charge of the, of the climate. God's in charge of the ice age. I mean, we had an ice age way back yonder, and, and we didn't have any factories to warm it back up. I mean, come on. Let's, let's believe what God says. And so, um, you know, here's a, here's a good one. And I won't take, take you forever. For, I won't keep you forever. Uh, let me see. Um, okay. By faith, Moses... Oh, okay, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. How do you look at your children? I look at mine now because I'm I'm walking in this. I say my children are beautiful. They're beautiful children. Yes, in the natural I can see things wrong with them. I can see things wrong with you if I in the natural and you can see things wrong with me, but by when I look at you in the spirit by faith I see your beautiful children. Beautiful children of God. Let me give you a promise of God that you can use, if you've got little children, you ought to go in and lay hands on them every night. 
and pray for them while they're sleeping. I used to do that. And here's a promise of God that I've, I just sent it out to a pastor whose kids are acting up. And he was in try, and he was going down spiritually about that. And I said, Isaiah 65, um, I think it's verse 22. I may have given you the wrong scripture. This is a great promise for you that have children. And my elect, quote, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. It's the end of verse 22. Are you, are you born again this morning? Then you're in the elect. Okay? And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. Now, that's a promise. Hallelujah. Now, now that gives me hope. That I, I've, got, I've got four boys. They're all married. I've got 14 grandchildren. I've got 18 great-grandchildren. We've got one just born recently, Daphne. Daphne Pell is her name. I got a little picture of her in my wallet. My oldest great-granddaughter just married a year ago. I had the pleasure of marrying her to her husband, and she's pregnant, and I'm going to be a great-great-granddad in March if I live that long. Amen? I'm, I'm in the natural. I, I got some kids that are really testing my faith. I say they're... I say they're building their testimonies. <laughs> Amen. In the natural. But in the spirit, this builds my hope for, and, and I claim this. By faith, I claim this for my kids and my offspring all the way down to the end of the time when Christ comes. My kids are under this promise in my heart, and I'm now the patriarch of my family. And just like former ones like Abraham and all, I can bless, I can prophesy. I can prophesy this for my kids, knowing that this is the Word of God and it comes out of hope. And it, it's not, and I'm not, I'm not saying something's not in the Word of God. Let me read it again because it's so important. And it's part of, part of this Hebrews 11. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I had a church for 22 years before I gave it up and doing what I do now. And I, I made a lot of mistakes. I had some folks mad at me. Uh, I had some rebel against me. And actually, it hurt. But when I look back, I, I, I know, Lord, I did what, the best I could under what I understood at the time. I never deliberately hurt anybody. 
And, and the Lord has said to me, and my elect shall enjoy the work of their hands. I look back and I, I say, well, Lord, I'm enjoying the work of my hands that you've allowed me to do in my lifetime. And I don't look at the mistakes I made because if there are sins out there buried, I'm forgiven. Amen? And I can, I can just enjoy the, and think about the works of my hand. And it's, it's a blessing. It, I don't wallow in the slough of misery and despond. And they shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. My children are not bring forth for trouble. I, pro, I, I prophesy that over my children. I believe it. I have hope. And, they, and be and their descendants of the blessed are the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. So, whatever that's worth, uh, let that be your hope. Amen. And there are so many other things in here. By faith, verse twenty, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. I don't have time to go into the idea of blessing. But you can bless folks. You can bless your kids. It, it, they love it when you bless them. I've preached some of this most of my life, and, and I'm very pleased to say that my sons have asked me to come in and bless their children. And we've had moments of just blessing. And, and I, I prophesy over them. I pray and ask God, give me a word Give me a word. I have a, uh, a granddaughter named Amy, and I remember I had a tremendous prophecy of her. And it blessed her, and it gave her hope. You know, hope is something. If we use the word, and I'm talking about the word of God now being a light, and we use that, we can bless our kids, and we can bless people. You know, we can encourage people by giving them hope. Amen? That's what a sermon ought to do. Give you understanding of Christ's Word and His His promises and give you hope. I told John yesterday, we were talking about something that had nothing to do with this, but the idea of encouragement came up. I said, John, have you ever known anybody left a church because they were encouraged too much? <laughs> The Holy Spirit is the spirit of encouragement. But it ought not to be empty. It ought to always be according to the Word of God. The promises of God bring hope. And that gives you something to bite into called faith. And my faith is the substance of things hoped for. There is a natural faith. For instance, when you get on an airplane, you have faith it's going to fly. That's, we all, you sat in a chair this morning. You didn't bother to look at the legs on the chair to see if it was going to hold you. You just sat down. You had faith that chair would hold your body, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about supernatural faith, which is based on supernatural hope. So... Any questions? Anybody want to argue with me? (laughs) 
So, what is imagination in the Old Testament, I say, is the use of imagination for hope. Let your imaginations be based on the Word of God, the promises of God, and you'll stay healthy spiritually. You will not be cast down as much as maybe you were before, because all the promises of God are yea and amen. Bless you in the name of Jesus. And I had a prophecy I was going to serve God till I'm a hundred. I have hope. I believe that's on the shelf, of course, because nobody knows the day of his death. I never know if I'll ever see you again. But I hope so. I love you. Well, you know what I mean. There's a theologian over there. But it's always such a blessing to see your faces and be able to share with you. And I hope you got something out of this. Amen. Amen. And again, I love your motto. Where is it? Love one another? Okay. Oh, right here. Okay. That's a great commandment. That's a new commandment, by the way. It's a, it's a, listen, that's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. Amen. John, take over. <laughs>